Welcome to the Queen of Hearts podcast. And here's the queen herself, registered dietitian Heather Klug. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Queen of Hearts podcast. I'm Heather Klug, registered dietitian from the Karen Yance Women's Cardiac Awareness Center. And with me today is Bethany DeBrew Adams, Ooh. our health communications coordinator. Hello, Bethany. Hello, Heather. All right. So today we have a very serious topic to talk about. Always good to start with serious at the beginning of summer. Yes. <laughs> But June is PTSD Awareness Month, and for those who don't know, PTSD stands for Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder. I think most of us are familiar with PTSD in the sense that we've heard stories about veterans returning Mm. from war who have it or people who've been assaulted who have it. Right. But we're hearing more about it now because many people during the COVID-19 pandemic have either developed it or are at risk for developing it, Mm -hmm. and studies are showing links to PTSD and heart disease. Right. So today we want to talk a little bit more about what PTSD is, how this illness affects your heart, Mm -hmm. why the pandemic has put so many people at risk for developing it, and the best part, Bethany, yes, why there's hope for so many who have it. Yes. It's always good to have some good news in there too. Yes. So I'm going to start out just with some basic statistics about PTSD. Don't want to overwhelm, Mm -hmm. but I know you like your stats. Yeah. So according to the National Center for PTSD, between 7 and 8% of the population will experience PTSD during their lifetime. Mm. Now, about 60% of men and 50% of women experience at least one trauma in their lives. So trauma is defined as something that imminently puts your life in danger. Yeah. It should be noted that these will not all lead to PTSD. So if you experience a trauma, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have this issue. Right. Women are more likely to experience traumas such as sexual assault or child sexual abuse or the sudden death of a partner or loved one. Mm-hmm. And men are more likely to experience things like accidents. Mm-hmm. And both of us are smiling because of we our husbands. husbands. Yes. Physical assault, <laughs> combat, disasters like natural disasters, or witness death or grave bodily injury to somebody. Mm-hmm. And then the last stat is about 10% of women will develop PTSD sometime in their lives versus 4% of men. Oh. So, yeah, I found that interesting, you know, that. The, so two and a half times more likely for the trauma to progress to PTSD. Right. And, okay. you know, there's not that huge of a difference between the likelihood of a trauma, but there's hmm. a huge difference between whether or not you're going to get PTSD. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk next about what PTSD is. Right. And PTSD is a mental health problem that some people develop after experiencing or witnessing a life-threatening event, such as combat, a natural disaster, a car accident, accident, or sexual assault. Symptoms of PTSD usually start soon after the traumatic event, but sometimes they may not appear until months or even years later, Mm -hmm. or they may come and go over many years. There are four types of PTSD symptoms. Right. So these are the main the main symptoms that people experience, yeah. they fall into these categories. The first one is reliving the event, or they're called re-experiencing symptoms. Mm-hmm. And these are memories of the event 
environment that can cause you to feel the same fear, the same horror, the same issues you were feeling when the event actually took place. Mm-hmm. So I think we we hear a lot about this with especially combat veterans. Oh, yeah. So these can happen as nightmares or as flashbacks, which happen while you're awake. And those are feeling like you're actually going through the event again. Yeah. Or it can be something like an extreme response to a trigger. Yeah. The second type of PTSD symptoms are avoiding situations that remind you of the event. You may avoid people or places that trigger memories or avoid thinking about or talking about the event. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, The third are negative changes in beliefs and feelings. So you may begin thinking of yourself or others in your life or the world just at large differently because of the trauma you sustained. It's kind of hard not to have that happen after you go through a life-altering event. Mm -hmm. And this can manifest itself in ways like you avoid relationships because you feel like you can't relate to another person, Mm -hmm. you can't connect. You may lose trust in and feel unsafe in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And even things like drawing blanks, if you think about the traumatic event that happened to you, there might be black spots where you don't remember things. Okay. The fourth type of PTSD is hyperarousal. So this is feeling on high alert all the time, Mm -hmm. feeling angry, irritable, having difficulty sleeping, trouble concentrating, Mm -hmm. or strong startle reflex. Right. And it should be noted that the symptoms of PTSD are the same for men and women, but women tend to feel certain symptoms more strongly and more frequently Mm. than men do. Mm -hmm. So women are more likely to have that hyperarousal, so they feel jumpy, They have more difficulty feeling emotions, so they have a tendency Hmm. to numb, feel numb more of the time. Okay. And women tend to avoid things that remind them Mm. of the trauma. Yeah. And then women with PTSD are also more likely to feel depressed Mm. or anxious in addition to the PTSD, whereas men, take a guess. What would men feel more, do you think? Oh, they'd feel like more angry, yep. I think, or irritable. Exactly Definitely right. angry. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Next, how about we go over how to know if you have PTSD? Right. It's normal after a trauma to think, act, and feel different than you ordinarily would. But if your symptoms last longer than a month or two or are especially upsetting or disruptive to your daily yeah, life. That's important right yep. there. The best thing to do is talk with a healthcare professional. They will be able to give you a thorough evaluation and help you determine what the best course of treatment is for you. Right. So if you think you may be experiencing these PTSD symptoms, you can take a self-screen. We'll link to some of the self-screens that are available in our show notes. Now, there's a lot of them that are out there, and most of them are pretty short. They're usually like between, I think, five to seven questions. And then from there... Again, it's best to consult your healthcare provider if this is telling you, hey, this might be you. You know, don't mm-hmm. self diagnose, but right. this helps give you a tool. And you can even go to your primary care physician or whatever, and they can get you started and get right. the ball rolling. Right. Well, let's talk next about the impact that PTSD has on the heart. Mm-hmm. In the past 30 years, there have been many studies done that show the impact of psychological stress on the heart. 
numerous population-based studies have shown that patients with PTSD are more likely to develop and die from cardiovascular disease. These findings have been confirmed in populations as diverse as veterans and active-duty military personnel, as well as nurses and 9-11 survivors. Right, and I found this fascinating because... There have been a lot of studies done, but yet we're still, we don't see PTSD listed as a risk factor for heart disease. Yeah. Even though we know stress is a risk factor, depression is a risk factor, you know, you're seeing some of the same things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the more information, the more studies that can be done to back all of this stuff up, (laughs) the closer we're going to get. So just to discuss a few of the topics that these studies have covered. So there have been several studies that have found evidence of increased inflammatory biomarkers in patients with PTSD, which can trigger cardiovascular disease. There was a 2015 study that showed that traumatic stress activates the, and I hope I don't butcher this, hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. Got it. Say that five times fast. The HPA axis. (laughs) And sympathetic adrenal medullary system. Ooh, nice job. And that causes increased (laughs) production of several inflammatory compounds. Mm -hmm. And these compounds can directly damage your cardiovascular system because they do things like raise your blood pressure. They impair the dilation of your blood vessels. They form plaques in your blood vessels. Mm -hmm. And then it also causes heightened plaque instability, which means those plaques are more likely to break off and end up going to your brain in the form of a stroke or Mm -hmm. to your heart in the form of a heart attack. Right. There have also been some studies done that have looked into genetic vulnerability to PTSD, Hmm. and one of them found 36 genes that were common to both PTSD and cardiovascular disease. Oh, so there might be a little bit of a genetic component here, too. It certainly seems like there could. Mm -hmm. And then finally, this is something that we've talked about numerous times with mental health issues and heart disease, and that's that PTSD also is linked to many behavioral issues that could increase cardiovascular disease risk. So things like smoking, Mm -hmm. overuse of alcohol, using drugs, you know, lack of adherence to a medication schedule, poor diet, lack of exercise, all of those things we tend to see with people who suffer from PTSD. Sure. I think that's probably the one people think of the most are the behavioral changes. Exactly. Like that. Right. Exactly. Right. So why is this conversation so important right now? Well, COVID-19 has been with us for over a year now. Happy anniversary, oh, COVID. Oh, geez. <laughs> and it's been a very, very long year, I it think, has. for everybody. And it has impacted basically every area of our lives, mm-hmm. whether we've wanted it to or not. Exactly, right. You know, it's impacted our physical health, our social lives, our finances, and so on. And it has been exacerbating mental health issues to the point where many doctors fear there may be a second pandemic of mental illness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. While the COVID-19 pandemic doesn't fit into the existing PTSD diagnostic criteria, emerging research is showing that there are significant traumatic stress symptoms appearing as a result of this ongoing global stressor. That was a mouthful. Woo, was. So I found this to be really interesting just because... Uh, Obviously, mental illness and mental health is something that 
fascinates me and it's very close to my heart. Mm-hmm. But the first part about this is something I think most of us would probably think of that might happen. So it's PTSD that's happening to people who've had a severe case of COVID and mm-hmm. who've ended up in the hospital, who've oh, yeah. ended up in the ICU or ended up intubated or whatever. Right. These are things that are obviously very traumatic. I don't know if people out there understand what an intubation is like. I don't think so, unless you've ever had it done. Right. I mean, you've probably seen it. If you've watched any medical show, you've probably seen it. And it's not pleasant. And I'm assuming if you're awake for it, you know, it's particularly unpleasant. But, you know, you're having tubes put in your throat. You're having people come into your room who you can't see their faces because they're covered in PPE. Right. You you don't have your family there. Yeah, you're isolated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You may not. A lot of these ICUs that I've been in don't have windows. You don't know what time of day it is. You don't know what season you're in. You know, people were in. You may be in and out of consciousness. Exactly. Forget where you are. You have a lot of medications being pumped yeah. through your system. There's yeah. a lot going on. And even if you are people who have been put in a medically induced coma, we don't know mm-hmm. exactly how much people remember from that and right. what they don't. And we're talking weeks and months of this. Exactly. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously those are things that could trigger PTSD. Mm-hmm. But more studies are being done to kind of show how some things we don't necessarily think about might actually be risk factors for, you know, getting PTSD as well. So currently the DSM-5, which is the Diagnostic Manual for Mental Illness, Mm -hmm. the diagnostic criteria for PTSD requires trauma, like the quote-unquote trauma, to be defined as incidents that happen in the past and that are mainly direct exposure to something life-threatening, like mm-hmm. we mentioned earlier. Yeah. So this includes a direct exposure to trauma. Somebody pulls yeah. a gun in your face, that's yeah. a direct exposure. Yeah. You know, in-person witness to a traumatic event. If I see something happening to you, mm-hmm. learning the trauma happened to somebody in your immediate family, somebody you are very close to. Mm-hmm. And the last one is repeated exposure to upsetting information. And this one is kind of important because it's specifically related to people's jobs. Hmm. So it's something like police officers who are trying to catch a pedophile if they have to look at a lot of you know, child pornography or, Mm. you know, horrible imagery, things like that, where you're seeing it day in and day out. Okay. So a recent study showed that traumatic stress reactions to future indirect trauma exposure and non-criterion A events, so what I just listed were considered, quote, criterion A Mm -hmm. events, Mm -hmm. these things exist. And that suggests that COVID-19 is also a traumatic stressor that could lead to PTSD symptoms. Mm -hmm. So even though it's not as obvious a trauma as, you know, a car accident. Right. It's sustained. It's unknown. It's producing these same kinds of feelings. The study found overall that participants had PTSD-like symptoms for events that had not yet happened, Okay, which challenges the nature of traumatic stress as a problem pertaining only to the past. Mm-hmm. And then participants reported these reactions whether they had been directly exposed to COVID, so like mm-hmm. if they'd been diagnosed themselves, or indirectly exposed, like watching a lot of TV or reading a lot of social media articles. Sure. 13.2% 
of the sample of people in this study, there were over 5,000 participants from over five countries were PTSD positive. Mm. Despite COVID-19 exposure not fitting within that criterion A that we mentioned. So this study demonstrates that an event like this, a single global kind of a once in a generation or once in a lifetime event mm-hmm. can lead to PTSD symptoms for a range of anticipated, indirect, and non-life-threatening stressors. Those are all kind of fly in the face okay. of what PTSD <laughs> stressors are right. considered right That's now. That's a lot to take in. Yeah. So what is the outlook for people with PTSD? It's positive. Oh, well, that's good. Okay. <laughs> it's good. We all like right. this. It is important to treat PTSD as soon as possible in order to minimize the harm it can do. But with that said, it is never too late to seek treatment. Never. Never, never, ever. PTSD is highly treatable. Mm -hmm. There are two main types of treatment, psychotherapy and medication. Sometimes the two are combined as a form of treatment. Right, and your therapist will know generally if you need both. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. So the psychotherapy part, obviously that's going to involve meeting with a therapist or a counselor or a psychiatrist. And typically the type of therapy for PTSD patients is trauma-focused. So that focuses on the memory of the traumatic event or the meaning of the memory. Okay. And the most popular forms of this type of therapy include, first is called cognitive processing therapy, or Mm -hmm. CPT. Okay. And in this therapy, you learn skills to understand how the trauma changed your thoughts and feelings. The second one is called prolonged exposure therapy, or PE. And in this one, you talk about your trauma repeatedly until the memories are no longer upsetting for you. And that may also include, you know, going to places or doing things that you've been avoiding since the trauma to just kind of build up. Yeah. The last one is a bit of a mouthful. It's called Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing, or EMDR. And this involves focusing on sounds, hand movements, or tactile sensations while you talk about the trauma in order to work through the traumatic memories. Okay. And none of those sound very fun. They're not. I I speak from experience. They're not. (laughs) It sounds like traumatic to me like you've had the trauma but now you have to talk about the trauma and I know you need to do that in order to get through it and learn how to manage it or come up with strategies like coping mechanisms but it's yeah it, it sounds like it can be hard to go through well my therapist described it in such a way as a person who has a brain that's working through trauma correctly mm-hmm. is going to be able to see the trauma. You know, you're going to think about it okay. and you're going to be able to acknowledge it and move on. People who have PTSD, that trauma gets stuck. So okay. it's like a train that just gets stuck. And that way you're you're not just seeing that memory. It's still real for your body. Okay. Okay. So all of these, yeah, they're unpleasant. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. There's nothing fun about them. But if they can help you move through that and just be able to see it as just another memory, albeit an unpleasant one, that's progress. Okay. All right. All right. So the second type of treatment for PTSD is medication. Mm -hmm. Certain medications used for depression and anxiety can also help with PTSD symptoms. So they include what are called SSRIs. 
mm-hmm. and SNRIs. Yes. They have very long names to them, so yes. I don't think we really need to go through <laughs> that, but it works with serotonin and norepinephrine, right? Yep. And the four that are currently recommended are Zoloft, generic form is called sertraline. Mm-hmm. Second one is Paxil, generic is paroxetine. Third is Prozac or fluoxetine. And then the last one is Effexor or Venlafaxine. Very good. Thank you. So there are some other more experimental kind of forms of treatment that may be suggested if these don't work for you. Mm -hmm. And that includes there are some other antidepressants, some tricyclics, some MAOIs, which are older, Mm. which aren't prescribed because there's other things that go on right. with them that may oh, be yeah. problematic. But yeah. your therapist will work with you to find the medication that would work best for you. Right. It's important to remember that even though most people will experience some sort of trauma at some point in their lives, that doesn't mean they will develop PTSD. But if you or someone you love does, getting help early is the best thing mm-hmm. to do. Treatment has improved over the years. So even if you sought help before and it didn't work, you should try again. Treating your PTSD will help not only your mental health, but can help your heart as well. Yes. Thanks for listening, everyone. And as we always say, be Be the the ruler ruler of your your own heart. heart. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the Queen of Hearts podcast. Our podcast is recorded here at the Karen Yance Women's Cardiac Awareness Center inside Aurora St. Luke's Medical Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. For more heart-healthy tips, info, recipes, and more, visit our website at www.karenyancecenter.org, like us on Facebook at Karen Yance Center, and follow us on Pinterest. If you like what you hear, subscribe to our show and be sure to tell your friends. Until next time, ladies, be ruler of your own heart.